Good morning and happy new year. I hope you had a lovely holiday season. I personally got to take some time off, recharge, which is why I'm so excited to jump right into 2024 with you. Now, I think for a lot of us, this last week has been kind of a whirlwind of family, friends, or maybe you just hole up at home and binge TV shows, which, good plan. The point is, everyone here might feel like we just slept through a week's worth of news. So, what we thought we'd do here today is just get you caught up. Usually, we pick a few stories and dive a bit deeper into them. Today, let's just hit it all, right? A wrap-up of everything you missed starting around Christmas up through this morning. We get it started right now. The biggest story of this year is likely to be what's going to happen to former President Donald Trump? Because conceivably, the possibilities range from being sent to prison to once again being elected President of the United States. Well, last Thursday, just a few days after Christmas, the woman who runs elections in Maine decided he shouldn't even be on the ballot. And I was required by the law to hold a hearing within five days and then to issue a decision. You might remember the state Supreme Court of Colorado made a similar decision. They ruled that Trump's behavior on January 6th in 2021 qualified him as an insurrectionist and that under the 14th Amendment, an insurrectionist can't serve as a government officer. Thus far, no other state had agreed with them until this. This is something that I did not choose to do, but that I was obligated to do under Maine law and the Constitution. When Maine Secretary of State Shenna Bellows ruled that he would be left off the primary ballot, the Trump campaign dismissed it as a partisan decision. But regardless, it did several things at once. One, it threw Trump's electoral future into doubt because unlike Colorado, Maine actually delivered Trump an electoral vote last time around. This state matters to him. Two, it put a ton of pressure on the Supreme Court to weigh in on each of these states as rulings go through appeals processes. And three, it brought threats of violence against that Secretary of State in Maine. This weekend, police showed up to her home in an apparent act of swatting. It also created new convulsions on the campaign trail. Uh, you have Donald Trump running on his issues, Nikki Haley's running on her donors' issues, I'm running on the people's issues. Remember, as of this morning, we are T-minus two weeks until the Iowa caucuses. For all the Republicans running against Trump, the stakes couldn't be higher right now. And on a seemingly simple question, Nikki Haley stumbled. What was the cause of the United States Civil War? Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. How the government was going to run freedoms. Remember, South Carolina was officially the first state to secede from the Union. Well, nowhere in the former governor's answer did she mention the word slavery, which caught the ire of her rivals. Not that difficult uh, to identify uh, and acknowledge uh, the role slavery played in, in the Civil War. And eventually prompted a kind of clarification from Haley herself. Of course the Civil War was about slavery. Now, if we're talking about the early voting states and how they're going to navigate the politics of 2024, well, another big headline came out of Iowa on Friday. The state had passed a law last year, last year, right, 2023, that would ban books from school libraries if they depict sex acts. Well, a federal judge has now blocked this law from going into effect, saying its broad language would potentially get rid of literary classics, historic volumes, even books 
designed to teach students to avoid sexual assault. You'd have to get rid of them. He also put an injunction on a provision that would bar teachers from bringing up anything about gender identity or sexual orientation through the sixth grade. Meanwhile, on the same day, last Friday in Ohio, Another controversial law was halted in its tracks. House Bill 68 would prevent transgender girls from participating in girls' sports and would bar anyone under 18 from getting gender-affirming care, like surgery or hormone treatment, even if the parents concur with that child's doctor. I believe this is about protecting human life. What's interesting about this development is this wasn't blocked by a judge. This was vetoed by Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, a Republican, who said while this bill would not affect many Ohioans, the ones it would affect could be devastated, so best to leave it to families. He did say he was fine with keeping trans girls out of girls' sports, though. This holiday season was notable for another reason. No snow boots required. The weather's really nice. I was surprised. I didn't even have to get, like, dressed up or nothing. The vast majority of Americans did not have a white Christmas this year. Even where clouds did gather, most of them were too warm for snow. In fact, the wildest weather might have been in sunny Southern California. Oh, no! Oh, God! For days now, huge waves have been pounding the beaches of California all the way up to Oregon, propelled by powerful storms in the Pacific. And while some surfers enjoy these 20 and 30 foot tall monsters. We always look forward to the big waves, but Mother Nature had a little more than we had planned for. So I did not surf yet. In many cases, these waves have launched water over the beaches, flooding coastal communities. Well, the water came over the wall and you washed down the street like it was a river. And of course, that turned and went into our complex uh, and flooded it completely. Meanwhile, across the Pacific, Japan is recovering after a series of deadly earthquakes on New Year's Day, one of them a 7.5. And these didn't hit somewhere out in the Pacific. The epicenter was on the Noto Peninsula. It's on the biggest island of Japan. It's along the country's west coast. 50-year-old Johnny Wu was visiting Japan in Nagano when the first one hit. Suddenly, my phone ringing about the earthquake warning, and suddenly it gets pretty strong earthquake. You can see all the snow from the electric wire goes down and also from the roof goes down. And initially, Japan had to issue its most urgent tsunami warnings since the Fukushima nuclear disaster a decade ago. More than 100,000 people had to be evacuated. Luckily, there was no major tsunami, but several people are dead from these quakes nonetheless. And let's actually stay overseas for a second because there are several updates from the wars in the Eastern Hemisphere. So in Gaza, the humanitarian situation continues to worsen. The United Nations now says half of the residents there are at risk for starvation. 90%, 9 out of 10 people, reported they've had to go without food for at least a day at a time. You see video of people clamoring at soup kitchens, little kids lining up with big pots just desperate for some food. Well, on New Year's Eve, the Israeli military looked ahead, saying they plan to start withdrawing troops from certain parts of Gaza, in part because having this many people involved in the war effort is starting to hurt Israel's own economy. However, if you're expecting this war to stop, Israel said that's not happening. It'll go at least throughout this year, throughout 2024, they said, but they did predict it will look more targeted. The war in Ukraine looks even more intractable. A couple days before the new year, Russia launched its largest air attack of this war. Think about it, nearly two years after invading, 
This was Vladimir Putin's largest aerial assault yet. Dozens are dead, more than 150 injured, and Ukraine says it's responding with everything it's got, including armed drones. Oh, and one other thing happening in Russia, you might know the name Alexei Navalny, Putin's biggest critic in Russia, who was arrested a couple years ago. He had gone missing in recent weeks. People wondered if he was dead or if he'd just been moved within Russia's vast prison system. He's now popped up at a prison camp in Siberia, saying he's safe but held in cramped conditions. Whew, I'm out of breath. That's how busy this week was, and there's still a bit more to come. So let's take a quick break together. When we come back, we'll talk about changes at hospitals, snafus in air travel, and maybe even, gasp, some good news. That's after the break. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, welcome back to Mission Coming Out of Hibernation. Let's round out the news you probably missed over the last week or two. Today is, of course, the first day most offices are open, including the stock market, which will be something to behold since it finished 2023 like it was on a rocket ship. A December rally meant that the S&P 500 finished up almost 25% for the year, which is way better than a lot of people predicted when the Fed raised those interest rates. And while the stock market is not the economy, it has raised optimism about whether we as a nation have avoided a bigger recession after all. One of the things that defined last year's economic outlook was tech, specifically artificial intelligence. Well, last week, the New York Times sued the makers of ChatGPT, saying the whole enterprise rests on feeding works from media companies into this chatbot, then telling its software to emulate it, which they say equates to mass copyright infringement. And speaking of tech, remember last month, we told you how Apple was being hit with patent lawsuits on key parts of its new watches and how they would have 
about to stop selling some of them just before Christmas. Well, in a court ruling last week, post-Christmas, Apple regained the right to sell their watches while a judge considers the case. They're back on sale right now. The Apple Watch dispute is all about measuring users' health, so why don't we talk about health headlines for a second? Because we're in the middle of a bona fide uptick. I would just urge everybody to to be mindful and to uh, spread good cheer this year, not viruses. Right now, more than 30 states are experiencing what the CDC would call high or very high rates of respiratory infection. We're talking flu, RSV, and of course, COVID. We are holding some patients in the emergency room waiting a bit, and I would say every hospital in the region is doing that. Uh, because of just the you know just the amount of sick people that we're seeing coming through the doors now. COVID hospitalizations have increased for seven straight weeks. In two dozen states, they're expected to keep rising, and it remains the third leading cause of death in this country. In fact, it's become so much more dire recently that hospitals in several states have once again begun requiring masks, especially facilities that treat people with compromised immune systems like cancer patients. That's not the only health headline popping up this week. On New Year's Eve, the maker of the baby formula Nutramagen issued a voluntary recall of more than half a million cans of formula because of a potential bacterial infection. Even though no one has been sickened so far, they say, this is the same type of bacteria that caused a nationwide shortage a year ago. Okay, so we're in the home stretch now. Let's hit a few more quick headlines. So the award for the most embarrassing headline might go to Spirit Airlines, which is now apologizing after a gate agent in the middle of the holiday rush mistakenly put a child on the wrong flight. The kid was supposed to be traveling from Philadelphia to Fort Myers, Florida. Instead, they were put on a plane to Orlando, which is in Florida, but it's on the other side of the state. Everyone's fine, but Spirit says the gate agent is no longer working for them. There are lots of new laws that are just taking effect this week. California and Washington raised their minimum wage past 16 bucks an hour. Minnesota is implementing red flag laws that allow authorities to take someone's gun if they're deemed a threat. And a North Carolina law will make it possible for parents to sue porn websites if their kids manage to access them. Porn sites have been told they need to confirm ages against publicly available databases. But perhaps my favorite new law that took effect on the first is in Illinois, where it used to be illegal to dangle fuzzy diet from your rear view mirror. It was deemed a hazard and cops could pull you over for any hanging stuff in your windshield. Well, starting yesterday, fuzzy dice and air fresheners can fly free. One notable death this holiday season, Lee Sun Kyun, who played one of the leads in the Oscar-winning movie Parasite, died on Wednesday. He was found dead in his car in Seoul, South Korea. His death is being investigated as a possible suicide. Which brings me to New Year's Day. The celebrations are often seen as one big party. The truth is that to so many, this is a chance for a fresh start. And I didn't know this. In Times Square, as the clock hits midnight when the ball drops and the confetti starts to fall, well, mixed in with all that paper are wishes. Wishes from people all over the world, from 154 countries. They send them in to the Times Square Alliance. They either write them down by hand or they send them in and they're printed. This year, the wishes included things ranging from, I hope to try new foods, and I want to hug a chicken, yes, that was real, to, I wish for the war in Ukraine to end and for my father to live under a peaceful sky, and the child of a parent with dementia who wished for his dad to never forget how much he loves him. There are a lot of ways 2024 can turn out. But right now, you like to think it all feels possible. 
wondering how I, Brad, began the new year? Here's a sample. <laughs> that is me taking part in the annual polar bear plunge in Coney Island, Brooklyn. I, I swear, I sound like Goofy falling down a well or something. They've been doing this for 112 years. It was my first time. I am still shivering. Things are only looking up from here, if only for the water temperature, I guess. Hey, I hope you found this episode useful, this big rundown. Let me know what you think. I'm genuinely curious. We're at Start Here ABC on all the socials. Maybe make a resolution this year to share this podcast with a friend. And most importantly, I hope you're having a great start to 2024. I'm Brad Milkey. See you tomorrow. Ooh. As in previous campaigns, it's the economy, stupid. We'll be looking at that this morning. First, though, it's the news, stupid. It is the economy, stupid. It's not the economy, stupid. It's national security, stupid. It's the hair, stupid. In 1992, one of the best-known pieces of presidential campaign wisdom was born. It's the economy, stupid. But was it actually the economy that won Bill Clinton that election? In a new series from the 538 Politics podcast, we're taking a look back at conventional wisdom from past elections with a critical lens. Where did that wisdom come from, and does it hold up today? Find the Campaign Throwback series in the 538 Politics feed wherever you get your podcasts.